Assalamu alaikum, ladies and gentlemen. If you like this podcast, if you benefit from this podcast or you benefit from some of the writing that we do on Instagram, on Facebook, if you attend our connection sessions that take place every second Sunday on Zoom, if you have been a member of our Flourish coaching course, you may, 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 being the operative word I appreciate, may want to make a subscription to our Patreon page. Why would I do that, Yusuf? Well, I'll tell you why. Because there are a number of different audio recordings on there. I can't remember exactly how many, but I think it's more than 20. At least it may be even more than that. And there's also a number of different connection sessions uploaded in full on the Patreon page. Every time we have a connection session on Zoom, I put the whole unedited recording up onto Patreon. And there are a number of different articles as well. Some things that I've written um, reflecting on topics, themes related to personal growth, the pursuit of wholeness according to the Islamic tradition. But what if you don't want to make a contribution? Well, that's cool. Don't worry about it. That's all love. Enjoy the podcast. Take it easy. Can you repeat the question? Hey, is everyone listening at the back? Lol. Yes, I said, Myra, what did I say? I've, I've forgotten myself. If he, sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam, is the standard by which we, are, we hold ourselves to account, or that which we expect of ourselves, or that which we aim at, at the very least, do we ever reach that? Do we ever get to that? The answer is clearly, as Peter says, it is really a rhetorical question, because the answer is no, of course. We don't. So therefore, this is why the Almighty Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala begins everything or instructs us to begin everything Bismillahirrahmanirrahim in the, in the spirit of divine compassion because compassion is fundamental. We cannot be prophetic in our character. We cannot be of that standard. We can endeavor to do so though and that's what we'll talk about later on in the session. We can try to hold ourselves to account but we will always fall short to an extent because we have been created that way. We've been created forgetful. We've been created mischievous, you might say. And if we are prepared then to be compassionate with the self, we have to learn to be compassionate with the self because we always fall short by definition. We will because we cannot be prophets. We cannot be the prophet, although we can be a mirror of him and we can inculcate certain aspects of his blessed character in our lives, but we can never reach that standard. Therefore, we have to be gentle with the self to an extent. We have to have a sense of compassion for the self. But then if you have compassion for the self, but you don't have compassion for the other, well, then you got it twisted. It's the wrong way around. Allah knows and you know not. You don't know what other people are going through. You don't know what other people are going through. You don't know what other challenges people are facing. You don't know where they've been. You don't know what they're going through in their lives. So when someone is discourteous to you or lacks compassion with you, Allah knows and you know not. And we also come to understand that well, this is part of the quote-unquote divine construction. This is the divine dance. Which means that if someone is sent to you with some mean manners or someone says something to you which is cutting and you think inconsiderate and slightly unfair, it's not arbitrary. It's not random. It's not accidental. What is it? 
it's designed by the Creator Subhanahu wa Taala to bring something out of you, not even to bring something out of you, to offer you the opportunity to access something inside of yourself which needs to be brought out. We call that fitra. We call that primordiality, primordial beauty, innate knowledge of the divine, greatness. Let's call it that. The circumstances that you are placed in are there in order to bring out that greatness or rather to offer you the opportunity to access that greatness. You don't have to take the opportunity. And maybe it's our expectations of others that obstruct access to our own greatness. SubhanAllah. Maybe it's such that because we we project these expectations onto others, then we've we've got the the the. Our attention is in the wrong place, Sheikh Ibrahim would say. Remember, previously we speak about the idea of being inwardly gathered, not outwardly gathered. That we are focused on what's taking place inside of ourselves rather than what's taking place outside of ourselves. And this is a, that's no joke, is it? That's not a simple thing to do, which is why the path of the Sawaf, particularly the tariqah of the Shadilis, has always been quite hard on these facts. And that's why some people are not attracted to it, because it's rough, it's tough, it's hard, it's not easy to say that, you know what, my focus is upon me. The only expectations that I can ever have are expectations of myself. The only expectations that I can ever have are the expectations of how I conduct myself in any given situation. Because as soon as I begin to project my expectations onto other people, then I begin to miss the purpose of the moment. Who has said that at the beginning? Was that what Peter said? If I'm not mistaken. Let me scroll up a sec. But without expectations, Peter said, one can greet others as they actually are, discover the person indeed, discover Allah's creation and discover what they were sent to you with. You understand, this is so important. Everybody that you meet, everybody that you interact with, qadri khayrihi wa sharrihi min Allah. The qadr, the destiny, the decree, that which is khair, yani that which tastes good, lol, that which you like the taste of, that which is sweet, let's say, and that which is shar, that which is bitter to the taste, that which you don't like the taste of, is from Allah. Allah ar-Rahman. He is the all-compassionate. He is Latif. He is the one who is, how do we translate that last week? Gently loving, kind. He is the one who creates so that you may become whole, so that you may become complete. That's why he creates. Therefore, when an experience comes into one's life that is bitter to the taste, faith is to say that this is not arbitrary, that this is not random. That this has not happened by accident. There is something in this moment, which if I remove my expectations from it and begin to, as Peter says here, greet others as they are, see what's going on, explore what's happening inside of myself. By means of that experience, I can grow. By means of lifting the weight of that challenge, the proverbial weight of that challenge, I'm going to get stronger. I'm going to see things more accurately. I'm going to appreciate the world better. It's going to be clearer for me.
this projecting of ourselves onto others and I think that that's a really important point for someone who has taken a spiritual path and by spiritual path here we're going to mean a path of you know drawing closer to God which means that you will see and um, you tell me when, when you engage with the community or you engage with teachers that are attempting to help you move along the path you will see growth in yourself you would witness that you will begin to see changes in the way that you perceive the world around you um are they lasting do they last forever not necessarily you know we call these there's a distinction in the in the, the path of the soul between a hal and a maqam a hal meaning a state and a maqam meaning a station you know a place that you have reached like a train station a new destination a new location you might say but the hal is a is a is a, a fleeting but 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 blessed experience that you might have. Now, in order to be able to move oneself to a different maqam, it takes a great deal of time. But let's say you achieve that and you begin to see the world differently and you settle into a place of greater gratitude than you previously were, or you're able to understand, you know, why these people do what they do or why this, you know, this situation is so challenging and so hard, etc., etc. You have a, a deeper wisdom, then it, it takes an immense amount an immense amount of let's call it spiritual intelligence perhaps to be able to prevent yourself then projecting that onto the other which is well if i can do this and i can see this why can't you do you see that itself is immensely difficult and something that is is um dealt with by our spiritual masters by our, our predecessors on the path who say you know what meet people where they are the holy prophet may the peace and blessings of allah be upon him the greatest of all creation spoke to people in a manner that they could comprehend in accordance with their station even that statement itself indicates or could potentially indicate that we believe that oh yes well i'm here and you're there so i have to speak to you in a simple manner even that's dangerous do you see so recognizing and giving people as you said giving people the space to become as they are becoming from their own perspective from their own place from their own experiences not trying to hammer hard because all of us have experienced that i bet is that right yes or no we've all experienced a, an engagement with a person whose religiosity was very overbearing very very um what's the word like kind of suppressive oh, all right all right stop 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 i've had enough i've had enough you know, you're, you're coming on too hard, as it were. We've come across people like that. Is that true? Have you had that experience? Or am I talking for myself? Give me a why or a no in the box there. Because what happens is that when we begin to perceive the world in a particular way, inevitably, we project that onto the people around us and think, well, why don't they see what I'm seeing? Why can't they be more calm? Why can't they be more grateful? Why can't they be X, Y and Z? And that's dangerous. And that takes tremendous, tremendous, you know, spiritual control to be able to say, well, people are where they are. I am becoming, what's the word, uh, inwardly gathered, focused upon myself. And from there, I'm going to continue having expectations of the self rather than expectations of the other. However, <laughs> the second thing that, that, that you said there was talking about, Rosina, was talking about running away from the situation. I can either run away from the situation or I can understand that 
Um, there is a wisdom to it. There is some level of meaning to it. There is the opportunity for me to draw closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by means of it. Yes, I don't even think that they're both, that, that they're mutually exclusive either. And that's important, which means that what is necessary is the second part of the sentence. I can realize that there is a wisdom to it, but sometimes you have to walk away. Sometimes, I suppose the, maybe the way that you use run away there is kind of, you know, unconsciously just get out as quickly as you can without considering, without being conscious, without thinking, what is the divine will here? What is it that Allah Almighty wants from me in this situation? But I was having this discussion with my wife a, a week ago or so, where we were saying that in a challenging situation, there's basically there's basically these two ways of dealing with it. You can either change the situation or you can change the way that you're responding to it. You can either... If somebody comes and makes a demand of you which you think is too great or is going to be detrimental, there's, there's, there's two ways of approaching that. One of them is that you can leave the situation and the other one is that you can change yourself and change your expectations or change your quote unquote boundaries so that you can support and help that person through the challenge that they're going through. And that's a really hard thing to do as well. So that's why the path is so challenging and so hard to be able to establish boundaries, as you said, while simultaneously meeting the needs of the other is a, is a very difficult thing to do. And are we right to say, you know what, you don't need my help anymore or I'm not the right person to help you or this is not appropriate for for what for what? Not for me. It can't be for me because it's not rooted in self-interest. That's not the way. That's not Islam. If this is not appropriate with Allah. If this is displeasing to Allah, or you think that by means of doing this, you're going to remove the pleasure of Allah in another aspect of your life, then yes, that's legit. Of course it is. And when someone finds themselves, A'udhu Billah, may Allah protect us in an abusive situation, then of course, staying in that situation is displeasing to the Creator. Because you have to exercise autonomy, you have to be prepared to, to walk away. That's necessary. But remember that the criterion that we are um, measuring by is Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa is Islam. And so I see this a great deal at the moment in my humble, in my myopic, uh, you know, misguided or, you know, incomplete perception of the world. I see us as a community kind of throwing different ideas together from different schools, from different religious traditions sometimes, from different uh, psycho-spiritual traditions, from new age ideas, etc., etc., which, of course, we must have respect for every human being. But let's see what our criterion is. Because for me, and this is what I said to my wife when we had this discussion, I, I believe that on 97% of the occasions, if someone asks you for something, you must try and give it to them. Now, of course, there are exceptions to that rule, but you know that Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu was known to never say no, right? He didn't say no. He would say yes, or he would um, make dua or supplicate. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that he did everything that he was asked to do, because what if somebody asks you something which is clearly impermissible or clearly detrimental to your own health or your own well-being or something that is completely and utterly wrong? Well, you wouldn't do that. Because it's displeasing to Allah. But look at our tradition. Look at the lineage that we have. Look at the look at the great awliya that came before us. They were people who gave. Isn't it true that Sayyidina Muhammad would not sleep with wealth inside of the house? 
Now, what am I trying to say to you? I think we've had this kind of discussion before. Am I trying to say to you that you need to go and empty out your bank balance? I'm not saying that, definitely not. And you have autonomy to interpret the insights that I provide in any way, shape or form that is appropriate to you. But these things exist inside of our tradition. presenting there when you say that there's a split or a different understanding of expectations and you're presenting the significance of that kind of striving that yearning as you called it yearning for better yearning for better from the self um understanding that by means of targets by means of goals by means of aspiration we might call it and that's what um, mark mentioned earlier on wasn't it? the difference between aspiration and expectation by means of those then we continuously progress and we continuously move forward. And that exists within our tradition. Uh, have a look at this when it comes up eventually. This is from Imam Shafi. We won't focus on this for too long, but this certainly exists. Be hard on yourself and be easy on others, which means that we hold ourselves to this expectation or to this aspiration. It has to be a sensible and a conscious aspiration it has to be a sensible expectation within the the greater picture within the idea that indeed as was mentioned that we are forgetful that we are foolish that we recognize our own dysfunction that we are not perfect and and it is the mercy of the creator subhanahu wa ta'ala which enables us to move towards completion to move towards the prophetic example but yes absolutely this striving this jihad in the truest sense of the word, is what enables us to access that inner greatness, that latent potentiality that's inside of us. And that's part of our tradition. And I think that nowadays a lot of the talk is about, you know, this gentleness upon the self, this compassion for the self, which is necessary, which is absolutely necessary. Because unruly harshness upon the self, harshness, I think we mentioned this last week, harshness upon the self, which deflates you, which incapacitates you, which knocks you down and makes you think, well, what's the point? That in and of itself is demonic. It's from shaitan. But a, a, a high expectations of the self, aspiration inside of the self, which inspires you to be better, which makes you recognize that you have the freedom, the capacity, the ability, not the freedom necessary, the capacity to draw closer to the prophetic example and the prophetic standard. That is blessed, that is from Allah Almighty, and that is the wing of hope. We say that the believer flies on the wings of hope and fear. You can be great. In fact, you were created great. You were created to know him. Am I not your Lord? Indeed, we bear witness to the fact that you are our Lord. This is from the Holy Quran. The human being is created upon fitrah, a latent greatness that you have no understanding of whatsoever. It's greater than you could ever conceptualize. We've spoken previously about the verses of the Holy Quran in which Allah Almighty explains that he breathes of himself into Sayyidina Adam. 
There is some mirror, there is something of the divine inside of the human being. That's not to say, of course, we're not getting theological here. We're not saying that the human being is God. We're not saying that at all. We're saying that in accordance with our belief system, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, laysa kamithlihi shay. There is nothing like him. Nothing is like him. Anything that you can conceptualize is not him. For he is greater than your conceptualization and your capacity to conceptualize in the first place. But he has breathed of himself into us so there is some mirror some reflection of the divine capacity within you that's quranic and therefore how is that to be accessed it is to be accessed by the perfect equilibrium the perfect balance of islam which is emphasizing the need for self-compassion a recognize uh, recognizing that we are myopic Recognizing that we are foolish, recognizing that we suffer from hey, insanity. Us also recognizing that we have a responsibility here and not taking life as a joke. Because sometimes people need to look themselves in the mirror and say, right, life is a gift and I'm not utilizing that gift in the way of Allah. We'll talk. And that is absolutely fundamental. And that's why it's a, a real blessing. A real blessing. And Asim said shared that with us just now. Alhamdulillah. To show us that balance, that equilibrium. Because we are in this age in particular, but generally as human beings, let's say, are we more likely to be gentle upon the self or harsh upon the self? Well, that's a matter of disposition. You might say that's a matter of, of character and nature. And again, your disposition, your very nature is not arbitrary. It's not random. It's created by him, subhanahu wa ta'ala, for a reason. So therefore, we have to lean depending upon which side we fall upon. Right. So if you're a person who is desperately harsh on yourself so that there's no point trying anymore, well, what is that? That's Westwisa. That's from shaitan. Because what shaitan wants you to do is to despair. And the believer cannot despair. Imam Ali says the believer does not despair. There is no despair because until the last breath is given up, anything can happen. We know about, we've heard the stories many times, the traditions from our tradition of the one who is on his deathbed and his life is transformed by means of an articulation of, of thankfulness to the creator, subhanahu wa ta'ala, that transforms everything. It's never over. But when we dilute that belief, dilute that hope with a kind of materialism that we're educated in, which says, well, you know what, now that you're 67 years old, you're never going to get a million pounds now. Maybe you won't like, but that's not the purpose of life. That's what we're taught the purpose of life is to be successful, to be materially significant, to be noticed by society. Maybe you won't achieve that. Maybe the mistakes that we've made have prevented that from ever happening. That's not arbitrary. That's Allah's will. That's because he knows your disposition. And therefore, we have to be prepared to abandon this stuff, to say, you know what? What I'm being taught is success is not the same as in my tradition. My tradition, success is gratitude to Allah and endeavor in the circumstances that I find myself for his pleasure until death, until the very end.